I'm Drew. And I'm John, a.k.a. Ratso Rizzo. <laughs> this episode is dedicated to the horror hounds out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. Today we're reviewing the 2021 British mindbender Censor. Censor is a fantastic film that takes place in the heart of the Video Nasties era. If you don't know what the Video Nasties era is, you're going to want to stick around after our review because we're going to explain what the Video Nasties are and we're going to list our five favorite band movies on that list. But first, we're going to dive headfirst into talking about the trippy horror film Censor and break it down. And dive headfirst into a bong. Hell yeah. If you have seen Censor, stick around because you're going to learn some shit today. If you haven't, I guarantee you that you're going to want to watch this movie after you you listen to this. (laughs) All that and more today on High High on on Horror. Horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. All right, well, the reason you're all here today, we're about to talk about Censor. It's a 2021 British psychological horror film directed by Prano Bailey Bond, and uh, she co-wrote that along with Anthony Fletcher. And uh, once again, we're talking about another Sundance film. May uh, made its debut, we talked about last week, in 2002, and this just recently last year in 2021 made its uh, appearance at Sundance, and it received, I can never pronounce those awards, like the Melis Dior. <laughs> anyway, it's the best European fantastic film, and it deserved it. The movie's amazing. And uh, the actress's name, how, how is it you pronounce uh, it again? Actually, it's Neve Alger. Neve. Neve. If you see how it's spelled, I would not have got Neve out of that, but I'm one to talk with, you know, my last name. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, she plays Enid Baines, and she works for the British Board of Film Classifications, and this is during the height of the video nasties back in 1985. And uh, Enid's co-workers call her Little Miss Perfect due to her strictness and recommending uh, the violent content be banned or cut from the film. And uh, she has dinner with her parents, and uh, her sister Nina, uh, when the two were little, disappeared, and they officially have her pronounced dead. And I gotta ask, though, is, like, going out to a nice restaurant and giving someone a death certificate for their missing sibling really the best course of action, like, (laughs) for timing-wise, like, give them a death certificate? I mean, (laughs) yeah, anyway, they have her legally declared dead, and kind of like May last week, where she had her tipping point, I feel like this is kind of what snapped in it. Yeah, I agree. And um, the thing is about this movie that is really uh, important to know is that um, Enid suffers from psychosis. And that's what you actually see happen in the movie is uh, she has psychosis. And based on like what you said with uh, her sister being declared dead, um, that stirs up some really bad memories. And uh, it's, it's a very ambiguous film, but uh, it's important to know that from the start that the character uh, suffers from psychosis and this whole sister being declared dead triggers that. And uh, there are three phases of psychosis and if you know what they are you'll see as you watch this movie that neve goes through all of them i'm going to read this right off of uh, medicine.yale um phase one is protome the early signs may be vague and hardly noticeable there may be changes in the way some people describe their feelings thoughts and perceptions which may become more difficult over time each person's experience will differ and not everyone will experience all of the following common signs here we go Reduced concentration, Enid suffers from that. Decreased motivation, she suffers from that. Depressed mood, she suffers from that. Sleep disturbance, absolutely. Anxiety, absolutely. Social withdrawal, yes. Suspiciousness, yes. Deterioration in functioning, yes. Withdrawal from family and friends, absolutely. And odd beliefs slash slash magical thinking, absolutely. Phase two is acute. Uh, the acute phase is when the symptoms of psychosis begin to merge. It is also known as the, quote, critical period. Clear psychotic symptoms are experienced such as hallucinations, delusions, or confused thinking. During this phase, a person experiencing psychosis can become extremely distressed by what is happening to them or behave in a manner that is so out of character that family members can become extremely concerned and may start to seek help for them. Before this stage, the individual may have been experiencing a more gradual decline. And then phase three is recovery. Recovery is recovery, and unfortunately, our main character Enid does not get to that stage. Yeah, yeah, and we'll and we'll get to that. Um, 
I would say here, uh, once again, censor with the video Nancy's. It's just, you know, that age old, won't somebody think of the children? And I want, one of the first movies she watched, uh, just based on the name, I want to see it, Rat Brothel. I don't know what that's <laughs> know. about, but I want to check that out. On VHS. I want a VHS, VHS of it. It's probably, it's a made up movie more than likely. A lot of them were made up, but uh, that would, if that's one of the real ones, I've never heard of it, but I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, just based on the name, I, I'm trying to remember because we watched it was last week. There was Evil Dad in the Evil Dead letters. Uh, that was yeah. another one. But uh, I don't think we saw any clips from Rat Brothel. <laughs> Unfortunately not. But uh, after this dinner, uh, shortly after, a man murders his wife and children. And uh, they called him the Amnesiac Killer. Uh, a tabloid newspaper links the killings to a film Enid had rated several months ago. And uh, they named her as the censor who approved it. I'm, that's interesting that they would get that information like so quick and that they would publish, oh, this is the person that passed it. Right, exactly, because the whole thing with the video nasties is that they were finding out that all the movies were hitting video unedited. And so like her job as a censor was to edit these movies to make them safe for home video. So basically, they're saying she failed at her job and let some shit slide through in this one tape and didn't edit it well enough and that the kills inspired this man to commit a murder and now she's at fault. Yeah, and she starts receiving phone calls, uh, threatening and insulting her on a regular basis. And uh, she's approached by Doug Smart, a film producer, and uh, claims that veteran horror director, and I gotta say, the name's pretty badass, Frederick North. Yeah, absolutely. Has personally requested that she screen one of his old films, Don't Go in the Church. And uh, during the screening, she notices the events depicted parallel the memories uh, she had of her sister. And uh, Don't Go in the Church is uh looks pretty badass i would watch that one too i was gonna say i'd watch yeah i would watch that and i'd also watch beast man which is also a movie that kind of pops up from time to time and uh and don't and don't go in the church that uh that's really when uh i feel like things really started to tip for she's like started to she's pretty much tripping all the time yeah absolutely well well yeah it kind of starts after the uh before the the dinner thing even happens when she's talking to her coworker. remember her coworker says something to her during a screening that they're watching something and she goes uh she goes like hey can you just take notes for me i'm late for my sister's birthday party and you see enid kind of give her a look and then you're like uh you're not really sure and then like literally like the next scene enid's chasing a redhead down the alley and she's kind of like hey and then the woman turns around and it's not her sister and she's like oh i'm sorry never mind you know and yeah. and then like john so she's going through all these things and then yeah and then now she's getting attacked and she's losing focus at her job and everybody's blaming her and uh yeah it's it's just it uh it gets it gets pretty intense and uh let's talk about doug for a minute that guy's a straight shooter literally goes up to her and tells her people would love to see you killed and raped on camera Dude, uh, well, I just want to say real quick that uh, that's played by Doug Smart is played by Michael Smiley, and that's my boy Tires from uh, Space, <laughs> Space, the uh, Edward Wright show. Oh my God, Edgar Wright, not Edward, Edgar Wright show uh, with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. He's fucking. He was my favorite character. He was a bicyclist. He's like uh, a courier. He, but he, anyway, um, but yeah, he was just he's he. And the funny thing is, you said you liked him in the movie. He's like the biggest asshole in the movie. I and you're like, him I like this guy. First, when I first met him, because <laughs> he was cocky. Well, I mean, he, he he just had balls to go right up to her and say that. I agree. I agree. But, uh, yeah, that Frederick North film, uh, Don't Go in the Church, uh, she, which, again, because she thought, she, uh, thought she saw her sister as one of the actresses. Alice Lee, right, yeah. And then yeah. you're like, oh, shit. And then you find out this isn't the first time it's happened because she goes back to her parents and they're like, they said that this is specifically why they got the death certificate because she keeps doing this. Right, right. Yeah, Alice Lee looks just like her sister. Alice Lee, played by uh, Sophia Laporta, um, looks just like her sister. And this actually becomes the this becomes the obsession. This becomes her focus now. It's almost as if she's almost completely dedicating her like life. Well, it's not almost. It's that's what happens. Rather, she wants it to happen or not. She's allowed all of her focus to just convince herself that her sister's not dead she can't convince herself she's trying to convince herself that her sister's not dead and she's so desperate that she's mentally breaking and the question is you know but the thing is the movie doesn't the movie does answer whether or not enid is crazy okay it does answer that but it does not answer 
the 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 death of her sister and that's the big thing and that's something that i was going to bring up to you john is that um, if, if, if you watch the movie like during the flashback scenes when you see enid and her sister um like playing like you know like that game in the woods mm. you see that later in the movie during the frederick north when she's watching the frederick north film don't go in the church that the kids are playing that game like in the woods in the two little girls and then like in one of the flashbacks when they're playing the game you see enid uh, there's like a you hear something like a twig break and enid like turns her head and looks and then like she approaches frederick north and she's like where did you get this footage from where did you you know get this idea from and he's like oh well um you know like all my movies are based off of real things so you're like maybe she is maybe enid is crazy obviously but but was frederick north behind that did he see something did he like there is so many unanswered things and you can't really but, answer but maybe that. he knows the story yeah, of, maybe of her and her sister. that's what I'm saying. Could could you know? It's just but that'd uh, be kind of fucked up. But maybe that's why. He, when Enid kind of walked I mean, on I, set, remember they, they? I don't think I don't think he knew who she was because I think she kind of walked on set. But it, it's it's possible. But he specifically wanted her to watch that movie. He specifically requested her. So I mean, you could say that he you could. May, but maybe he just did it because he knew that she were late to it, and because it was based on her, and they were everybody seemed to be pissed at her anyway so 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 why not i mean the one guy said <laughs> his buddy said that people would like to see you raped and uh murdered on camera so he said you look good getting raped and murdered on camera something like that yeah, yeah it's so, so his buddy's just like you know what fuck her i'm gonna make her watch this a movie based on a story of her life I mean, that's, that's, that's actually a take. I never thought of that. But again, this is one of those movies, if you're listening, that if you lo don't like answers, uh, if, you're, you, if you want to know if Enid's crazy or not, you'll find out. Um, but if you want I didn't think they would tell us. That's what I was surprised about. But if, if you, um, you want to like cut and dry answers on everything, then you're not going to get them. And it's not plot holes. It's deliberate. You are, you are experiencing what Enid experiences. You don't know what she, you don't know the same way she doesn't know. But the thing is, does she know? Is she responsible? Here's another theory. She could be responsible. What if she killed her sister and she's blocked that out of her mind and now she's trying to convince herself, no, she's not dead. I have to prove she's alive. Or there was even another theory during one of the extras where somebody said the parents could have been behind it. What if the parents knew something and aren't doing it? Like, literally, you could make any... like It's, a, it's an unsolved mystery. You could point anybody in any direction and say they, they could have been behind it and that's one of those things where you add that to somebody with psychosis who's going through stress, anybody's mind would break. Yeah. And uh, she ends up getting obsessed with Alice Lee, like, like we said, believing she's her uh, missing sister. And uh, she she tries to meet with North, and because uh, she wants to save her sister from the exploitation film industry. Uh, when she visits Smart, um, she hopes to learn North's whereabouts, but he tells her that North is making a sequel to Don't Go in the Church near his home. And then uh, he attempts to meet too. Me too, her, <laughs> and uh, but he didn't get the me too her because he got pushed away. He falls on his movie award and gets impaled. That Brutal was, that. Uh, oh, that was fucking nasty. Most br this is a very gory movie, but that is a very gory scene. And, and uh, there's not really deaths in the movie, but that is uh, that stands out. It, it, there's not a lot of deaths, but that's it wasn't meant on purpose. It was more of a get the fuck away from me. But you just got impaled on your film award. That's that's, that's let all you filmmakers out there understand. Stop showing off your awards. <laughs> you know you're showing them off trying to turn a lady on. You leave it on your table, and next thing you know, you're tripping on it. And it's popping out your mouth. <laughs> popping out your mouth uh she ends up stealing north's address uh from her work and then she finds the set of his latest film where he and the crew assume her to be an actress and uh during the climactic scene enoch kills an actor named charles with an axe thinking he was going to hurt alice lee her sister and a terrified alice flees from enid as she begs for alice to please be her before collapsing in the woods uh, a remote control appears in Enid's hand and she presses a button. Uh, then she's awoken uh, by a seemingly happy vision of her sister thanking Enid for finding her. And then uh, on the drive back, she's going to take her back to her parents. The car radio announces that we have a new utopia that all the violent films have been banned. Unemployment no longer exists. Crime has been eradicated. And she's going there and it looks like a happy... Re reunion scene and then you see it cut in with what's really happening and uh it's not her sister alice lee is just the actress that she's kidnapped and taken to her parents house and how many people has she murdered at this point uh 
Oh, I don't know. I should have counted. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You caught me with that one. Yeah. I don't I know. Should've, I should have I I did a kill count, but I mean. Well, there was uh, Beast Man. I don't know how to say the guy's name. Like, I'm not even going to try that one. I'm, it's no disrespect, but uh, uh, I'm really bad with names. Um, there's Beast Man, and then there's Frederick North. Um, and I think that's it, right? Yeah, she, she beheads Frederick North, and then I think maybe two, but then there's also. Um, there's also uh, Doug Smart. Yeah. So there's a three total, but but the, but the two at the end here, Beastman and um, Frederick North, they're they're gory. They're like they're like the worst ones. Um, and uh, it's important though. What I want to say is like you know it, when like you mentioned like she has a remote in her hand. So yeah, Enid basically you know kills these people involved in the movie, thinking that you know they're the ones that kidnapped her sister, who's Alice Lee turns out that you know alice lee you know she's like oh my god you know like you're crazy and basically puts enid in her place and she's like i'm not your i'm not your sister and she dips out and uh, uh enid can't take it she mentally breaks she realizes like I, I didn't find my sister i still haven't found her you know and i just committed these murders and she's literally just like crying to herself saying like please be real you have to be real and uh she literally just has a remote in her hand, and that is where the, the her mind completely breaks. That is like she literally just makes her own reality. She decides to hit play, and that is where she just literally just says, "Okay, I'm gone. I'm I'm at my mind is fucking gone." And like you know, here we go. I'm just making up my own reality, and that's exactly what she does. Like John said, she kidnaps Alice Lee, uh, and and the thing is, it's you get these little VHS little like spots, a little like it's uh, like little like gray. Yeah, and and uh, what's like pixelation? You know, yeah. like and and uh, it's in, really well done. In the pixelation, you see reality, and that's what it, it's like. The, the 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 dream has now become the reality in the sense that you're watching Enid and her you know sister all happy in the car, but the pixelation and the VHS like little scratchiness that's popping in. Well, what should be the fiction is actually the reality, and the reality is you're seeing little glimpses of it here and there of Alice Lee screaming in the car, begging to be let out, and then you see her in her uh, Enid's parents' arms, like screaming for help, saying "Help me!" And her parents, Enid's parents, are looking at Enid like, "What the fuck?" But uh, Enid's smiling, and then she turns and looks at the camera, and it's like she has no idea like what's going on. Her reality has totally blended with 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 fiction, and. Uh, it's just it's, it's it's such a fucking good movie and what an ending man every time people talk about that movie it's always what an ending what an ending and part of that's that score too that music that's on man it's just it's it's a beautiful ending but it's so fucked up yeah like i i really thought they were gonna left leave it ambiguous as to the ending whether you were i felt like it was gonna be left up to the viewer to decide but uh i i like that it had a definitive ending um but you don't know what happened to her sister, so you can so what she's crazy. But you still don't know. You could you could agree that maybe she maybe one of her theories about her sister was right. Yeah, and uh, do you think when the uh, cops get to her, they take her to Arkham or whatever? <laughs> Arkham. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where they take her, man. But I do. I will be honest. I do. Feel I gotta bad think for it's got to be a mental institution, right? Yeah, she would be. Uh, she's she's completely gone. I don't think they put her in prison. Especially because the movie takes place in 1985 back then. Well, I don't know. Maybe they didn't consider mental. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they didn't consider mental health to be like a. She got Mac Murphy it up. Yeah. I don't, flew over the cuckoo's nest. I was going to say, wait, yeah, there's one floor too. Yeah, you know what? She probably got off on mental institution. That's what I would That's what I would think. I would be in the I, natural. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I would assume. I mean, she's just gone. She's completely lost touch with reality. Um, but the thing is, though, is that Enid had a chance to be normal. Her co- One of her coworkers asks her out. And that's the thing is, she just ignores him and chooses to continue down her path of mental destruction. Like, had she said fuck it and had a drink with them and blew off some steam and let her hair down, may, you know, and just, just, <laughs> just got her out of the psychosis for even a little bit, the movie and her path could have gone completely different. She might have said, man, I've been kind of nuts. I need to get some fucking sleep and rest this off, you know? But unfortunately, Unfortunately, that's not what happened. She cuts off human communication and just gets lost in this web. And it's you watch her become more and more farther gone. And it's like once she snaps, there's no coming back. I just I don't imagine there ever there never needs to be a sequel. But I can't imagine there's a happy ending for Enid. I can't imagine she ever is out of the mental institution and better. Like she's she was fucked before she went in, and this just broke her. I really would hope they would not do a sequel to this. Agreed. I feel like it would water it down. Um. And it's a short running time. It's only eighty four minutes, but there's a lot packed in the eighty four minutes. Agreed. Yeah, it's 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 it's. But that's it's like those old school Carpenter films, straight to the point. I like those straight A to B, no fucking. Right. You're not going to say that this movie's slow paced, you know things like that. Um, but I feel but, like some I feel like some filmmakers, 
get worried that they're going to get criticized if they don't put enough story into it. And I feel like some films do do that. I feel like that they think if they make it shorter, it's being rushed. There's no character development. But I mean, if, if you're focusing on a single character pretty much like this, I mean, there's other characters involved, but it's all driven around the character of Enid. It's fine to make it a shorter time. Like, yeah, I agree. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be dragged out, but I mean, I've, I don't know how many times I bring it up, but short films, <laughs> like I fucking love short films. Agreed. Um, but I wanted to go back to uh, Mike Smiley, uh, who you were a fan of at the beginning of the movie. Norman Smiley. On. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wrestler reference. Well, uh, Mike, uh, so Michael Smiley, uh, to play Doug Smart, he actually got a fake tan for the role and he was only given one suit. Everyone else was given options on what they could wear. He just got given one suit. That's what you see him wear. And then Damn. I guess the bathrobe that he's in later in the film. <laughs> Damn. That's, uh, you get one suit. <laughs> they just like, yeah. How was the budget on that? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no options. Bobby, I got no options. But, um, and another thing is that, uh, the, and there's, there's a scene when you see, uh, Enid reading her journal. In that scene, Neve actually, uh, made notes. I'm sorry, actress, um, yeah, the actress Neve, she made notes um, as young Enid uh, in the time of when her sister disappeared, and they actually used those pages in the book when you see Enid reading her journal. Oh, nice. I yeah. got a little uh, not, not, uh, knowledge nug for you on Michael Smiley. Do you know what his first movie role was? His first movie? Uh, no. He did TV before, but uh, his first movie role, he went uncredited, but he was zombie uh, Tyrese of Flattery from Shaun of the Dead. That was his first movie role. Dude, that's just it. That, it's funny you say that because you see how his name was, what was it, Tyreso? Uh, Ty Tyrese, T-Y-R-E-S, Tyrez. It's Tyres. He's fucking, uh, oh, he yeah, plays Tyres from Space. It, it's just a, it's an Easter egg. If you've seen Space, you understand. So it's like, yeah, that's, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that, but that that's pretty cool. He, he was in ABC's of Death. Like, he's got he's got, he's got some good stuff on his uh on his resume. Kill List is on there. He's a, he's a fucking in Kill List, and Kill List is awesome. Uh, well, was the movie award kill the best kill? I feel like at least for me that was easy. I think the the thing is, I guess I think Beastman's death was the hardest because it was just being like blundered with a fucking axe to the guts. Uh, yeah, Frederick she, North gets his head cut off, but yeah, I think that for creative and the fact that you watch uh, him suffer, you watch Doug Smart like suffer. He doesn't die right away, and he's gargling yeah. his own blood and shit. Yeah, yeah. But but I want to bring up real quick um, how uh, I like how the whole like office of the censor, like how they made it look underground, like it's like shut out from the rest of the world. Did you notice that? I thought that that yeah. was like, a really cool. Did they touch. go down in the Doctor Evil bunker? <laughs> oh shit but um to go back to the ending or the quick, pineapple express had that bunker in it too they did yes it did but uh, to go back to the ending um when i was mentioning how like the music's playing and it's like just such like a profound scene the music in that scene uh there was actually dialogue that you could that like where the parents and uh, uh alice lee were talking um but it got law it got messed up or lost and uh so like the editor basically like just did the scene without there being audio and they thought that that worked better and i actually like i can't imagine it being any different like hearing them talk it was so much better just hearing the music and watching their reactions yeah you know yeah, what I mean? yeah i feel like that had the more powerful statement but i still would like to know what what was being said i have been probably like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> like, you're crazy bitch um, michael <laughs> I, I have a knowledge nug for you i thought that you would find this interesting are you gonna knowledge nug my knowledge nug oh uh, when enid hugs uh her sister you know alice lee or who she thinks to be is her sister that's the only time enid hugs anybody in the film Damn. and she's hugged back by horror her sister is horrified the only affection enid gets is horror that's pretty fucking cool, right? Damn, that is true. I didn't think about that. I know, right? It's some deep shit. And uh, they said also that uh, that uh, once she's on set and don't go in the church too in the hair and makeup chair, once her hair becomes unraveled, that's officially when her mind starts to become unraveled. There's just all sorts of like symbolism in this movie. It's just, you have to yeah. watch it like so many times, now, but you'll see it. Yeah, I was going to say now, do you think that Enid would agree with uh, Billy and Stu? 
that uh, <laughs> horror movies make killers more creative. They don't make killers. Uh, well, that's the question. Actually, the- I think she would disagree that they do make killers. I think she would disagree with them. Uh, would you think Enid would disagree and think that, yeah, that movies I feel like do make people killers? She's the censors. Yeah, I mean, maybe she does, but uh, I think the whole point is. And, well, the, the thing is, though, something that we forgot to mention is that this killer, this amnesiac killer, later in the movie, it's it's mentioned briefly amongst her uh, Enid's colleagues that the uh, the amnesiac killer. It came out that he didn't even watch the movie that she's getting blamed yeah. for not editing. So I think that that's the whole point of it was Enid's psychosis. And the point is, you anybody can be influenced by something that they watch or listen to if they're fucking mentally unstable. Like you can anybody can be influenced into something. But did the movies? make her do it no was she influenced by them yeah like she recreates shit that she saw in the movies but she's also batshit crazy and lost in her psychosis at this point she's not mentally stable well doesn't what does a mentally stable person watch something and go hey i'm gonna reenact this no there's always there's there's something wrong there and that's the point is like maybe the movies will give you a little push into there but you're not just gonna be like oh somebody used an axe i'm gonna do that like clearly there's a break in reality where you just don't get it (laughs) you just don't get it Uh, I thought I thought it was going to be revealed that, that she was the amnesiac killer. I thought that's the route route they were going to go with it. The first time I saw it, I thought that too because she wasn't sleeping. Yeah, and I was like, oh no, is she like killing people? Like because there's a lot of scenes where she's just staring in front of her TV, like a static yeah. TV, and I'm like, is this what her mind thinks she's doing? But she's out there slaughtering motherfuckers. Slaughtering them. Um, but uh, and uh, the the other thing that I thought was really cool is that um, the color palette of Enid, uh, like her house. And everything, uh, like her, her makeup, her hair, her like what she wears, everything, are the color of bruises to reflect her inner turmoil. Damn, you did, you did a deep dive on this. <laughs> I just watched all the extras, you know, and, and read the book that came with it and shit. I know, uh, physical media. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, yeah, um, the whole thing, you know, to help separate reality from fiction, to those of you watching, or I'm sorry, to those of you listening, to help separate reality from fiction with this movie, pay attention because Enid's dreams, when she's tripping, uh, that's when you see the red and purple. Those Argento colors, those nods to Suspiria. You kind of get that Argento vibe when she's tripping. When she's not tripping, that's reality. Damn. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't get these on Voodoo. I don't get the commentaries and shit. No, but you know your shit enough. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm just sharing the knowledge. You know what I mean? I'm just happy to share because I think that a lot of people like knowing this. If I had heard a podcast with all this when I watched it, I'd be like, "Damn, this makes a lot of sense," and then I'd be able to come up with my own theory of what's going on. So, just want to, we just want to share the knowledge. You know, like it's it's pretty cool to to know this shit to get this stuff out there to more people. And uh, here I got some knowledge for you. All right, uh, the film was mostly shot on 35 millimeter. But they also use some Super 8 and VHS footage. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I mean, you can kind of see where the VHS comes in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't really have any complaints about this movie other than I feel like the movie, I feel like I wish it had a bigger budget, but it's like they did so much with the budget they have that it really need a bigger budget. Like, I don't really have any complaints. I'm kind of like, to find a complaint, I feel like I have to be a little nitpicky. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess we'll... Uh, do we give our final statements before we give our rating do you want to go first i was gonna say for things i don't like i mean i i can't really think of anything um man every everything everything was pretty good with it i i I like the kills the visuals were good like you said for the budget they had they did a great job with it (laughs) the music the music i feel like that's always a an underrated part of horror movies that that i feel like some people don't get agreed uh i guess i would give it probably i'd say about an 8.4 8.4 very nice that's high for john for those of you who don't know that's, it's it's good it's the, Dude, you, that ending that fucked with me but uh don't you feel that it has rewatchability just for the f- fact that you can just catch things every time new things and just want yeah, to rewatch it's not, it to, it's not something like sixth sense or something where you've seen it and then it's figured out and that's not it's a part of the movie but yeah. it's not the entire movie agreed it's 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 just it's fun to watch i think it's fun to look at it's beautiful to look at like the cinematography makes it beautiful to watch though so even though it's a heavy movie it's almost still like it's cool to watch because it's a short run time good visuals and that ending is just that ending just kicks you right in the taint right in the tank but um yeah so uh, i've been trying to push this movie on everybody you know and i finally got john into it and john is a fan so I'm as you pusher. heard 8.4 <laughs> um 
Uh, so I'm going to do it. You know, this is the highest I've ever rated a movie that we've reviewed on here. Um, I, I've said this before. I don't believe in giving out tens because I feel that tens are earned. Once you've seen a movie 10, 20 years down the line, and if it's held its place and hasn't aged and look like shit, or if it still holds your, doesn't hold your interest, it's not a 10, is it? Tens are movies that last. Tens are movies that they don't change over time. The Godfather. Halloween, exactly. But I will say this movie is dated because it takes place in 1985. That's the whole thing that it's, that's, it's supposed to be that way. It's designed that way. It's not a project of its environment. It's made to look that way so as a period piece it's fine because i mean yeah. it's still even though it's set specifically during the video nasties it's still still that uh timeless story of censorship yeah absolutely and I, then somebody yep. you know just losing their mind and the 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 question of you know you know there's the whole well we won't get into the whole debate of censorship we'll get into that when we talk about video nasties but uh yeah, so my rating, here you go, guys, you hear it, uh, best rating I've ever given a movie that we've ever rated on this podcast, 9.5 out of 10. I find nothing wrong with it. I, I'm The only reason I'm hesitant in the 10 is because I just feel like I need to revisit it in 10 years and see how I still feel about it. But right now, it's near perfection. I really, really, really recommend it. It's and one of those high-rated movies, but it's one of those ones, at least for me, that I I don't see it moving. I've because there's movies where I feel I like 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 like, eh, like you said I don't give out uh, tens, but then I'll let time go by, and then if I reevaluate it, maybe. So, but I don't feel like, and there's some movies that I feel like that I know that I'm like, yeah, in ten years it's gonna go up higher. I know it'll stay there. I feel like this is right where it is. I feel like for me it wouldn't, it, it won't really move too much. I, f- I feel I feel like if it does, hopefully it'll just get better for me, and it might finally be like, yeah, I'm gonna give it a ten. But um, I will say that uh, for those of you out there that have your uh, basic premium uh, streaming services, you know what they are. Uh, it's, it's available on one of the more common streaming services right now to watch. Um, I'm not going to say the name because they're not paying us. You know what I mean, John? Business is business. That's right. But trust me, if you have one of the few uh, major home streaming services, you can watch Sensor right at home. You want to get into uh, the video nasties now? Yeah, let's talk about those bad boys. All right, let's do it. All right, well, we're going to talk about the video nasties. I'm, I'm going to hit the ball. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who don't know what the video nasties are for you youngins out there, um... Video Nasties was something that occurred a little bit after home video started being a thing. In 1979, home video uh, really started and kind of took off from there. And what happened is, you know, the MPAA, the Motion Picture Association of America, they, uh, you know, they have movies censored before they hit theaters. And that's why there's a rating approval on every movie. And if there's not a rating, it gets an X rating. For good or worse with the MPAA. Agreed. And uh, so basically... The uh, these people out of the studios kind of were just like, hey, you know, like the movie was edited for theaters, but it wasn't edited for home video. So they started just putting everything out on home video and unedited, like a completely just total all the gore, everything that the MPA made them cut out. You could buy it in its full glory. And uh, basically, some asshole, pig headed politicians in the British government decided that they think that. Uh, that is the reason that there's like crime and that people are like being violent and stuff and that it's oh my god it's the movies it's they're releasing these movies with three extra minutes of somebody's eye getting gouged out that's why my kid's a psychopath that's basically what it became and uh, the government like really the British government really cracked down and they just made a list of all these movies that uh that they just basically were like you know what like you're not allowed to own them we're going to invade your home and privacy and tell you what you can watch and do in the comfort of your own home that's how serious this got john why don't you break down the categories for us yeah in total 72 separate films appeared on the list at one time or another 39 were successfully prosecuted under the obscene publication act and basically uh what happened is they got the movies got split into two sections any title seized under section one uh, would make the dealer or distributor liable to prosecution for disseminating obscene materials. They could be fined, jailed, and the film itself would be declared obscene if the prosecution was successful, meaning it couldn't be distributed or sold in the United Kingdom 
until they uh, quashed the obscenity. And uh, like I said, 39 of the Section 1 films were successfully prosecuted and remained banned. Uh, 33 of the Section 1 films had unsuccessful prosecutions and they were moved into Section 2. And Section 2 titles were liable to be confiscated under a less obscene charge, and it allowed the police to seize a film they considered obscene as long as the dealer cooperated. Uh, they legally admitted that the articles are obscene and therefore they could escape any personal prosecution. The 33 films that couldn't be prosecuted under Section 1 automatically became Section 2 titles, and they were seized by the police. The, basically, the main difference between Section 1 and Section 2 is that the video dealers or distributors could be personally prosecuted in court for holding the film under Section 1, but not under Section 2, where obscene, where, where the obscenity is admitted through forfeiting the material. And uh, most of the movies on our list are from Section 1. <laughs> and uh, actually, the funny thing about them, uh, I don't know which uh, 10 you, or 5 you picked, John, but all 5 that I've picked are actually have been actually unbanned and have been released um, uncut. So... Uh, like so, they're off the list. I guess they finally got you know their their chains released. How do you know if yours are? Uh, f uh the first one here I, I had on my list of the five uh, was the Evil Dead. Um, it was originally passed with cuts for cinema, and then it was released. Uh, sorry, it was released with approximately two minutes cut in 1990, and then finally it was released uncut in 2001 okay okay well yeah it's uh it's funny because you said that because uh the burning is on my list and that's under section one from 1981 and uh that was released fully uncut as well in 2001 fantastic slasher film yeah uh i was trying to see here i thought i had this stuff up here on the burning maybe that was uh yeah here it is it was section one it was originally passed with cuts for cinema Release with a whole 19 seconds cut in 1992. <laughs> and then finally it was released uncut in 2001. And then uh, we're going to go to another one on section one here. Uh, Last House on the Left. It was originally refused a cinema certificate in 1974 and again in 2000. Also refused a video certificate for a third time in 2001. It passed with 31 seconds cut in 2002. And it was finally released uncut on March 17th, 2008. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't agree in censorship, nor do I agree in the video nasties list and all in controlling what people watch. But from an objective standpoint, I understand why Last House on the Left was on that list. That shit is offensive. But, that uh, movie is offensive, man. But here's the thing. I, I got to know. We agree that movie's pretty extreme. Yeah. They only cut 29 seconds. Like that's yeah. Like, I want to know what <laughs> that they cut that like made that because I mean it was only twenty nine seconds. I mean, there's the rape scene goes on for how long? I know, I know, and the and the torture and the it's probably longer and, than what it it feels longer than what it is. It might have been was. some bullshit too. Watch the like the, the 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 time that they cut out of it was like the parents attacking the rapers or something or the rapists. It's like it wasn't, it wasn't even the rapists <laughs> yeah. or whatever. We can't yeah. have the violence. Well, um, so my uh, next one is uh, a little underrated Toby Hooper gem, uh, the director of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He did another movie. He did a movie uh, from 1981 again. I said The Burning was in 1981. Here's another one from 1981 called The Fun House about this uh, this like mutant freak, basically, who wears a Frankenstein mask and walk, walks around and does work at a carnival, a uh, fun house, so to speak. And... Uh, he gets some kids show up. They decide to not kids, teenagers. They show up. They spend the night. They fuck around and they uh, get fucked up. And uh, yeah, uh, it's a good one. It's one of those movies that helped me with my uh, childhood dislike of clowns. <laughs> I mean, I still don't like them, but I'm not terrified of them. But anymore, uh, the Funhouse was actually a Section Two film. It was passed uncut in cinema. And then it was released uncut in 1987. It got reclassified in 2007. Oh, shit. No kidding. Yeah, like, it's amazing. Like, I feel like how many of these films that you're like, really, is as recent as 2000, you, you couldn't pay us that? 
Yeah, it's it's. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't get to it, but it, I feel like it could have been passed way before now. There's been so many extreme things, and when you see, it's it's funny because everything's just kind of looked at. Like now that it's getting released, it doesn't have the impact that it should have had because everybody's like, eh, whatever. It's like, how did you seen it back when you're supposed to see it? Like that that sucks to to, to gut a movie like that. Like, uh, my bloody Valentine was severely gutted. Like the the if you watch the unrated version, you see that every kill was like the, every kills in the movie, and it's brutal and gory. And then when you watch the theatrical they're all cut and that's one of the biggest complaints is like my bloody valentine you know they cut away from all the kills it's like they didn't like it's there they fucking had to cut the shit out stupid and uh get it to another (laughs) fucked up film on my list i spit on your grave also known as day of the woman another one that i can understand why it's on here it was released (laughs) with seven minutes and two seconds cut in 2001 17 minutes seven minutes oh okay seconds okay it was re-released in a longer re-edit format in 2003 which reframed the rape scenes but was cut by 43 seconds to the second rape scene by the bbfc uh, the original print was released again with three minutes cut in 2010, and the film again received a one minute and 41 seconds of cuts for the 2020 Blu-ray release. Damn. Yeah, they didn't fuck around on that one. Well, I mean, that movie, again, I can understand why it's on That's the list. That's worse than Last House on the Left. Yeah, it's extreme. It's I understand that the, uh, I understand that, you know, the crime has to be severe to make the, uh, revenge that much more brutal and justified but goddamn that movie is just a tall glass of water to drink isn't it it's just uh, yeah it's one of those ones where it's like it's one of those ones that i will i you know i'll probably get a lot of shit for this but i don't really care i for my own personal liking i put it in the category of a serbian film it's just one of those ones that i just do not revisit often i find it important to have it like in my collection of movies that i can watch because it's a staple it's important in cinematic it's cinematic like history but I'm not. I don't revisit. I spit on your grave, but once every couple of years. There's just there's no reason to, in my opinion. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I'm sure they're out there. There's a lot of sick people out there. I, I don't mean to call you. Here I am talking about people censored and calling people sick. Look, you yeah, watch whatever freaks. you want. You watch whatever you want. But I don't know how somebody can truly. Again, I apologize for saying sick, but I really don't understand how somebody could watch something like I spit on your grave. And just like have it on his background in the background, and like laugh at it or just watch it like it's I just a fucking, put it on when I clean my house. Yeah, or just watch it like it's a Pixar movie. Like, oh, I'm just gonna have a snack in bed, watch I spit on your grave for the six hundredth time. Like I don't I don't understand how somebody can subject themselves to watching something that brutal. Uh, I don't like watching people get victimized and that it's a tall glass of water to drink, like I said. <laughs> you said Pixar. I was like somebody like so so what movies do you like to put on to relax? You know, Toy Story up. You know, I spit on your grave, Serbian film. Last house on the left. <laughs> right? What? Some dark shit. There are some dark movies on this list. I understand the concern for like... Cause and movies- some edgelords out there that'll be like, oh yeah, I just put it on in the background. It's relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that these you movies. You have problems. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I understand that uh, these movies, you know, that they push boundaries. Uh, they they push cinema further than it had gone before, and that caused a little concern and a little panic. But I just don't think that it should have been everything that it was. I think that the government thinks us people are way too stupid to think that like you know they they can't trust us with some fake shit and know that it's just a movie i mean uh, let's be honest the movies are from the 80s the effects weren't even who like any i just don't feel like people let's be honest people are kind of stupid i don't feel that people (laughs) would just be convinced i feel like if you're watching a movie with a dude get his head cut off like nine out of ten people would know that shit was like fake and like i just I, I just don't get how people don't trust If you everyone. kill your actors, you're going to run out a lot of them quick. Like, do, do you really buy a Friday the 13th movie or whatever and, and bring it home to go like, yo, I'm going to watch this you dude. you trying go- to say there isn't the possibility of some kid who drowned comes back as a man baby killing people? Well, even so, are you watching the movies going, yo, he's really killing people, yo? Like, that's real. Like, he's, he's cutting Grant people really up. really that guy backwards. Yeah, it's like, it's like, no, you know it's fake. Like, who's watching that and going, oh, my God, that person just got killed? And, like, like if you're taking it that seriously, you just didn't watch enough TV. It's like, I don't understand. Anyway, um, the next movie on my list comes from 1973, and it's a complete underrated classic about uh, this almost made Death Rx for me. Um but uh our previous episode but uh i'm sorry the episode before our previous episode um but this movie is just it's about mental mental patients uh being who are just allowed to roam free in their mental house the house that they're staying in it's not even an institution it's just like a house and uh all the crazy shit that can happen when you let some loonies walk around by themselves and the the shit that they stir up and they're not even the bad guys in the movie um 
so yeah, uh, Don't Look in the Basement. Awesome fucking movie. Don't Look in the Basement, <clears throat> also known as The Forgotten, originally passed with cuts for cinema. It was released uncut in 2005 with a 15 rating. It's a solid movie, man. It's just one of those classics. It's a very chilling ending. A very that very was a section twist. two film. Oh, it was a, okay. So that and the fun house were section two. Okay. Now, uh, my final film on the list, you out there, uh, you try to guess which section you think this ended up in cannibal Holocaust. You think, you think, you think, you think that was a section two film? All they did was just collect it. Bro. That's a section one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's definitely a section one. one. It was released in 2001 with five minutes and 44 seconds cut to remove most animal cruelty and rape scenes. So you're telling me they cut more from Cannibal Holocaust than they did the last house on the left. (laughs) I don't fucking, Uh, that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. And re-released with 15 seconds cut again in 2011 for one animal cruelty scene. Yeah, I'm not surprised about that. I don't even... Like all the movies pretty much on my list, except Evil Dead... These are uh, movies that uh, I don't visit too often, but I mean, if besides you're Evil be a, Dead, right? I mean, if you're going to be a, th- those are movies that when you say uh, where we're making a list of movies called Video Nasties about the most fucked up movies, all of those, all of those fit on that list. But Evil Dead, Evil Dead does. I don't feel like Evil uh, Dead yeah, belongs on true. that list. Uh, well, yeah. I guess I mean there was a lot of blood. Yeah, I get that, but it's claymation. <laughs> but um, uh, I've got some news for you, brother. You are baked. You only listed four. That wasn't your last one. I have two more to list, so that means that you should have another one. Wait. Well, let's go through the list. Evil Dead. Uh-huh. I spit on you. Yep, you're right. I'm Damn. What the fuck? I am baked because now I just remember what, what, what my last one was. <laughs> so I'm going to get into mine. My next film is... Uh, Lucio Fulci's version of The Shining, uh, and it's from 1981 as well. So that's three of my four so far that have come from 1981. 1981 was a badass year for movies, man. Fuck that video. You know, another list. good year is 86. Agreed. Uh, 85 for that matter. But um, but yeah, The, the Beyond by Lucio Fulci. It's uh, his version of The Shining. And uh, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, you have probably seen that movie a thousand times. Um, if you haven't, it is on Shudder. Shutter does. We are partners with Shutter, so we'll do a little name drop. Go check it Shutter. out on Shutter. It's streaming on Shutter. It's just a. It's an absolute classic. Uh, it's gory as hell and brutal. Don't look too much into the plot, just like with most Fulci films, and you'll it'll go down just like a smooth glass of wine. The Beyond, the original title. You ready for me? Fuck this up. What is it? E two Vrai Nel Tara La Adala. You got to work on the Italian. Yeah. Anyway, it's also known as Seven Doors of Death. I could have just skipped all that. I went straight to it. <laughs> anyway, it was originally passed with cuts for cinema. Uh, re- it was released with approximately two minutes cut in 1987 and re-released uncut in 2001. And that was a section two. Okay. So but, that's three section twos. But I'm still not wrong. Even though I thought it was my last one and I said it was a... Uh, section one my final one is also a section one okay blood feast <laughs> okay okay herschel gordon lewis okay yeah released with 23 seconds cut in 2001 and then finally in 2005 it was released uncut i think it's amazing still that chris jericho is such a fan of that movie dude it's it's so bad but it's so much fun i would love to talk to chris jericho about it on here but you know he's a busy guy I let him put me in the walls of Jericho if it meant he could. Uh, oh, oh, what is this new move? The Code Breaker. No, no. that's a, well, that, he's that's, got that elbow. That's spinning that back elbow. elbow. Yeah, the spinning. Oh, damn, I'm just kicking the table and shit here. <laughs> the spinning back elbow. Yeah, he can hit me with that spinning back elbow if we can get to talk to him about Blood Champion. But anyway, yeah, uh, like like most Herschel Gordon Lewis films, it's a fun movie. It's a. Uh, it's it's i, it's I like considered it like the first splatter film yeah it's a lot of fun and uh it's just it's i don't take it very seriously i don't think anybody who does nowadays really does it's just it's entertaining man it's a fun watch before before we get to your last one though i gotta ask you you a fan of uh bluffies too all, all, all you can eat no 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 <laughs> <laughs> i can't say that i am all right well uh here we go okay so my number one is uh so it's funny because the one that I just listed was my favorite Lucio Fulci film, The Beyond. So my my number one on on the video nasties list is one hundred percent Dario Argento's Tenebrae from nineteen eighty two. This movie, 
Uh, it's absolutely brilliant. It's it's just it's such a psychological twist on the typical Jallo film. It's absolutely it's so unconventional. The twist is just I've never seen the twist replicated before, and that's something that I cherish because the, the twist that happens midway through that movie will fuck your shit up. Dario Argento really has that way, like James Wan, where he stirs you and steers you in one direction and then just pulls that shit out from under you and just makes you go, what? Uh, Tenebrae, it's, just, it's, it's absolutely brilliant, and so many people have since tried to replicate it, including Brian De Palma. You'll see uh, in Raising Cain at the very end, there's a scene that replicates an ending scene of Tenebrae, or an end scene of Tenebrae, uh, brilliant brilliant movie my favorite argento film absolutely fucking genius uh the original title did not have the a in it right uh, and it was also known as unseen i, I hate that title <laughs> i hate it so terrible yo you unseen dog <laughs> like, what? originally passed with cuts for cinema and it was released with five seconds cut in 1999 and then finally released uncut in 2003 and a section one film Oh my God, that was a section one. Oh, you know why? I know why. It's because there's a scene where a woman gets her arm cut off and the blood is just gushing. Um, but it's like, and it's, it's a jollo. It's it's like Argento, typical the, the blood that's gushing. It's so like ridiculous, but it's just like this gush of of red on this white painted wall. Just, just like it turns the wall into like an art piece, art piece almost. Like just Argento's. I, I how can that be a category one? It's so stupid, but whatever. So yeah, that's our list. Um, yeah, you want to no, close this out? I was going to say Tenebrae was uh, Argento's uh, was a reaction to the criticism of his previous work, mm-hmm. especially uh, his depiction of the women of, uh, women of murder, murders <laughs> of women. I'm too high. We need to wrap this up. <laughs> Thanks to the horror hounds and smokers out there for tuning in. Uh, we hope we hope you enjoyed this episode. We're going to have another special episode for you next week. Drew got to pick censor, so I picked one. We're going back to the 80s. Long live the new flesh. Yes. Videodrome, my favorite Cronenberg. I've talked about it enough, so I figured instead of spilling my Videodrome knowledge through several episodes i just want to focus on one here and i know drew loves loves video dream pretty much as much as i do let's do it yeah oh yeah and uh so we'll have that for you next week make sure to follow us on social media facebook instagram twitter tiktok at high on horror 420 check out our website high on horror.com and you can always email us at high on horror 420 at gmail.com and i think that'll about wrap her up catch you later Bye, everybody.